Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. This is Gary John Bishop, your host. Welcome to Unfuck Nation. We've got a great, great, great show for you today. Also, you know, as we've had in our previous episodes, and we will have on just about all of our episodes, we're going to take some questions from the listeners and the followers online. And they're the kind of questions that not only empower the people who have the questions, but empower you and for you to listen to those questions from the context of your own life. As usual, if you want to participate in future shows, you can contact us at connect at Gary John Bishop. And you can also call us. I'm still blown away by that whole idea that you can fucking call us. Anyway, 646-450-3203. You can leave a comment. You can leave a question. You can leave some, you know, thing you got going on in your life, some drama, some upset some quandary, some conundrum, any one of a number of things that you want to bring to the nation and that we can not only answer for you, but empower you with. Because ultimately, that's the whole idea of Unfuck Nation. It's to empower the nation. Today's topic, what I wanted to really get into, this is something that's been on my mind for quite some time. And it's something that a lot of people ask me about. And they use a very specific word when asking me about this subject. And the word that they use is closure. How do I get closure? Right? Raise your hand if you'd like to get some closure with something or someone. Keep the other hand on the steering wheel if you're in the car. But uh, it's such a kind of nebulous subject, it seems. It seems like it's so vague and it kind of relies on our emotions or our moods. And very often, by the way, you'll notice if you're someone who's struggling with this idea of closure, that what you're really struggling with is the other person, right? You actually want the other person to say or do something, right? Now, here's the first thing I want you to get. What if it's not about closure for you? What if like this thing exists like an open wound in your life so that you get to explain the life or the situation that you have. You see, what if this is really more about whatever you're hanging on to? Now, I'll tell you why I say that before you get your knickers in a twist. The reason why I say that is because I've actually had situations where somebody has said, well, I just want to say sorry, right? And so the other person says it. And then the first person says, well, but you didn't mean it. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so I thought you just wanted me to fucking say sorry. Well, no, no, they, they got to mean it. All right, sorry with meaning, right? 
And that doesn't ring the bell either. It never quite does it. The resentment stays like, I know you've said sorry, and that's okay, and I accept your apology, but I'm going to fucking hold this against you forever, right? That's an, a good example of how you can see like what you think or what you're calling closure really isn't closure at all. It's actually that you're continuing to hang on to something from your past, something that somebody said, something that someone did, some situation that didn't go your way, something that never turned out the way you thought it should. And that since that time, you've held on to that. And as we talked about on one of the previous episodes, we talked about our, I hate using this word too much, but it really is like an addiction to making other people wrong, to make yourself right. It's not being right, like being correct. It's more like being right, emotionally right, like indignant, self-righteous, egotistical even. Now, I know there's plenty of listeners out there right now who are dealing with things that they think are very, very painful, elements of their past that are very, very painful, and they can't quite hear themselves in this notion of closure the way I'm creating it with you. But I want you to know everything that I've said thus far completely applies to you. I will also add, look, I know a lot of you out there have dealt with some pretty shitty things. And I know like some of those things were pretty damn terrible. And I'm holding you to the same standard. Over the years, I've been able to kind of get myself in a place where I have a tremendous amount of compassion for people and what they've had to deal with but I have zero intention of indulging it. Like I won't indulge your thing. I got compassion for what you're dealing with. My heart goes out to you. I'm just not willing to jump into the swamp with you. I'm not going in. I'm, I'm going to stand here on the outside of the swamp and talk to you until you come out. And then when you're at the swamp, you'll be like, well, thanks for standing for me or something. So I don't give people sympathy. And it's not because I don't feel, feel as if people don't deserve sympathy. I think sympathy tends to just embolden and thicken the drama. And I'm not interested in doing that. I'm interested in shaking you free of that stuff. So the first place you ought to start here is, what would it look like for you to have closure? Or in other words, what would it look like for you to be complete with this thing in your life? And when I say complete, I mean like for you, it really is over. Now, for those of you that are like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. This is over. You're not. You're a resentful fucker. And you just need times or little occasions when you get reminded of your own resentment. When you've truly let go of something, when something's complete for you, it's not only like you have nothing going on about that thing, you're completely at peace with it. And there's some of you that have had the resentment for so long, you're completely okay with your resentment. And so you think I'm talking to you when I say you're okay with it. I'm not talking about your resentment. How do I know it's a resentment? Because it still comes up from time to time. And then you just kind of stuff it down. So human beings are way better at stuffing shit down than getting it complete. So I'm going to give an example of somebody that I coached a long time ago, and it was such a powerful thing for me as somebody who's coached people to see somebody get through these spaces, right? Whenever you're out to free yourself up from something, okay, your job is freedom. And that means freedom on whatever terms you need to free yourself. 
There's an awful lot of people in this world who say they want freedom, but it's with conditions. Like, I want freedom, but I'm not going to let that go, right? I've had clients like that, like, oh, yeah, I want freedom, but don't talk to him about that old relationship of mine, because fuck them. My usual answer to those people is, well, fuck you. You and I are not going to talk, because I'm not going to do your life in bits, okay? So if you keep in mind for yourself, freedom is the outcome that you're really after, and you really got to start to open yourself up to the idea of freedom at any cost. It's not conditional freedom. It's freedom at any cost. Freedom from incompletion. Freedom from resentment. Actual closure. And so I'm going to give you this example. And the example was that somebody who had this kind of very strained relationship with a parent in their childhood. And as an adult, they kind of struck on in life. They kind of moved on, got on with their life. And they were very much content with their accomplishments, but not content with their experience of the life. Like they, they'd never been able to kind of get the sense of satisfaction or like just a settled sense of fulfillment. And when I pointed to, I think it's this incompletion you have with your, with your father. And they said, well, I don't think it's that because I haven't spoken to him in 18 years. And I've no intention of speaking to him. I don't bear him any ill will, but you know, he wasn't there for me when I was a kid. And you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, that's an incompletion. And you can hear the incompletion because of like the milestone that it was in their life. So I said, no, we got to get this complete. And they said, well, I don't even know where he is. And I don't want to talk to him. The best way to get complete is talk to the fucking person, okay? And I know some of you are already clucking your chicken wings at that, but that's just how it fucking is, right? Don't whine and complain at me for that, right? That's just how it is. The rain is wet. That's how it is. Right, so how it is, if you want to get complete, is talk to the person. Don't fucking text them or send them an email or something. I mean, talk to them. But there are other ways, right? So before you start combusting, there are other ways to do it. So with this person, I said, look, look back at your childhood. And for you listening to this right now, look at the incompletion or the lack of closure that you have. And I want you to look at all the ways that you've kind of turned yourself towards that to explain some way that your life is currently going how you are in a relationship right now, your lack of action, or to explain your lack of forgiveness. Look at all the ways in your life where you've pointed to that thing as the cause. And you might do it like kind of flippantly, you know, just in a moment, like, oh yeah, well, that's just the way I was raised. That's just how I turned out. Well, you'd be this way too if your dad had abandoned you. Or, I don't know how to do this because my father did that, 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 that. I'm not going to call it an excuse, right? Because the tricky thing with excuses is when you have them, it doesn't seem like yours are excuses. For you, this is like way more important and penetrative than just some frivolous excuse, right? But when I had this person say, look, have you resented your father? And they said, yeah, I've resented them. I said, how long have you resented them? She said, 18 years. I said, how has that resentment played out in your life? She said, well, I've become very independent, very hardworking, very driven. And if I'm going to be honest, I struggle in intimate relationships because I'm just not going to give anybody the opportunity to do that again. And then so I asked her this question. I said, who's to blame for that? And she said, him. And I said, I get that. That totally makes sense to me, right? It does make sense if you think the logic of it, right? It makes sense. So I said, well, I'm not going to ask you 
to forgive him for what he did, even though you probably should because it'll set you free, right? I'm going to ask you to seek his forgiveness for blaming him for all of your life since then. Because you haven't even spoken to the guy in 18 years and you're still fucking throwing him under the bus. It's getting a little tired now. And by the way, every time you do it, just for those of you that might be finding yourself choking on this fucking podcast as I'm talking, every time you throw that person or that situation under the bus, you get no closure. Every time you do it, you embolden the past. And every time you do it, you repeat the mistakes that you're trying to get away from. So I said, you should write him a letter. She said, I don't want to talk to him. I said, I don't fucking care. I said, just write him a letter. And in the letter, I want you to ask for his forgiveness for what you've done and declare that you're no longer willing to do that. You're no longer willing to throw him under the bus for how you've turned out. That's a big act of courage right there. And then, but you'll also get this large group of people who say, well, why should I? Why the fuck should I do that? And I say, because you're stuck. And that's when they start trying to think of other things they can do, right? There's got to be another way. How can I keep my resentment and be free? And fucking can't. What I'm giving you here, by the way, is like the surefire, quick way for closure. See, we think completion requires the other person to do something to close the circle. Not so. It requires you to handle yourself to close the circle. To actually do what you need to do, to say what you need to say to yourself that would have you declare this thing complete for you. Like that you are no longer going to turn to it to explain or justify the life you have. Getting complete, getting closure for yourself is a fucking brilliant skill to develop yourself in. You'll have to use that skill many, 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 many times. But to give you a little insight to that example that I gave you, um, that person was completely hesitant to mail that letter. They'd found out where their father was living. They were never going to mail the letter. And then sometime later, they got back to me and says, I fucking mailed it. And he got back to me. And he apologized. And she said, I'm not really open to having a relationship with them. And she said, but the funny thing was, like, his apologizing didn't make any difference. It was like, I... I had already completed it for myself. And what I got for myself was that when he apologized, he was getting it complete for himself. Like he was out to bring completion to it for him. And she really got like when she stepped out there and did that, it gave him an opportunity. I will add this though. She wasn't looking for that. A lot of people will look for completion and what they're really doing is sitting there waiting for the other person to do something. That's bullshit. That's manipulation and strategy. We don't do that. It's about handling you and your shit for you to get complete and to move on. Look, you can take this to whatever fucking bank you want to take this. Life is a series of getting complete the past and creating the future. You could do that as a daily practice, like getting complete with whatever didn't work out for you in the day, at night, acknowledging whatever you need to acknowledge, take responsibility for whatever you need to take responsibility for and then setting yourself up for the future. You can do it in a microcosm in a little way like that. You can do it in a massive way. But the better you build that muscle for being somebody who knows how to release yourself from something, because ultimately that's what this is about, releasing yourself from something. Blaming, blaming anybody, 
anything, blaming yourself will never bring you peace of mind. It'll bring you temporary relief. You'll get off on the high of being right, but you'll never be fulfilled or satisfied. You'll never have peace of mind. Letting go begins with the idea that you take responsibility for who you are and what you've done. Not like my part in it, which I fucking hate that phrase. Just take responsibility for who you are and what you've done. That's it. You'll get a lot of freedom. All right, we're going to go and take our first break. Listen in to our awesome sponsors of the show. Um, again, if you want to contact us at the show, connect at Gary John Bishop or call us 646-450-3203. We'll be back in a minute. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, welcome back. Thank you for your patience. This episode is all about closure, or as I like to call it, getting yourself complete, right? Closing the circle for yourself. Now, the one little piece that I want to add here to complete that conversation from the first half of the show was, what if I don't send the person the letter? What I encourage people to do, believe it or not, <laughs> is find yourself a safe little area outside and away from things and set fire to it. And in the moment of setting fire to it, you're going to declare that you're no longer giving yourself the right to use whatever's in that ladder to explain yourself. So you're taking away your own right to use what's in that ladder to explain myself or how my life's going. I'm taking that off the table. That item from your past you're no longer going to include it in the present. And if you're no longer going to include it in the present, then it's no longer a part of your future. And that gets you a little closer to all the stuff that I like to talk about. And really for me, responsibility is freedom. Blame isn't freedom. Shame isn't freedom. Guilt is not freedom. But responsibility, by acknowledging that your hands are on the wheel... And that even though the choices that you have might be really difficult ones to take, they're still there. Therefore, you have responsibility. All right, it's time for questions from the nation. And we're bringing in our producer, Mr. Stephen Miller, to ask me some random questions that have been coming in. A lot of questions, by the way. I've really been blown away by people, Stephen, and the way that they've been so vulnerable and courageous in sharing their lives with us and that they want to bring their real life situations to the nation. I mean, it's freaking awesome, right? No, it's amazing. The fact that you've got this vulnerability out there, that is what allows you to move forward. I just want to say thank you again to everybody in the nation. This has been an amazing experience getting the chance to comb through these questions and start giving Gary some more ammunition to throw back at you. All right. What are we starting off with this week, Stephen? 
So this week, Gary, we've got a great question from A. A asks, after a breakup, how do you put yourself back into the position that you were in in the beginning of the relationship? In other words, how do you get her to love you again after fucking up? Ooh, it's a great question. There's many people listening to this right now who have had this experience, right, where they've done something in a relationship and it's taken a turn. There are other people listening to this right now. They've done stuff in a relationship and they're the only one that knows about it right now. Like their partner doesn't know, okay? I've got really fucking bad news for you, by the way. Your relationship's a sham, okay? It's not the real deal. You can fake it as long as you want and you can die faking it and you can pretend it doesn't exist, but it does. There's a barrier there between you and that person that you will never get past. How do I know that? Because if the subject of whatever you've done ever comes up, you shut down. You either shut down or you go into like overload pretense mode where you're just kind of like trying to get past that topic. So that's bad news for you. Great news for you is there is a way of handling it, but I would rather have no relationship than a fucking fake one. And I'm really serious about that like deadly serious about that. I would rather have no relationship than a pretend one. I'd rather deal with the carnage of that than to waste my one shot at being alive on a fucking lie. And I know that might be harsh for some of you, but that's just, that's gravity. However, people talk about trust and how someone's actions, I might say, well, you did that, therefore I don't trust you, therefore you ruined the trust that I have for you. And there's an element of truth in that, right? But I don't think you're going to get any power with that, right? So if someone, for instance, stole from me, right? Well, I first have to acknowledge that I put trust in that place, that they acted the way they acted. Well, that's, that's the way they acted. Now, I might then say, well, I'm no longer willing to expose myself to that again. Whenever you're around, I'm going to fucking put all my stuff in the closet and lock it or something, right? Other people might say, well, why should I have to do that? Shouldn't that other person just get their shit together? Well, yeah, but then I'm throwing the responsibility for all my stuff to them. Like, well, hopefully you can manage your shit enough that you won't steal my stuff, right? But in, that, in terms of this question in a relationship, you've fucked with the integrity of the relationship. Whatever agreement, both spoken and unspoken, that you had with your partner, you did something that went against that. The only thing you can do, my friend, rather than getting them to do something, this is about you and you restoring who you are with this person. Now, I suspect you'll do this again. My view of this is you'll kind of get back into some routine and this will come up again and you'll do something like this again. Why? Because you have no relationship to your word. You don't treat what you've said to that person, who you said you would be with that person as something that you should honor. And I can already tell it's, you know, the situation explains itself. You went with your feelings. You didn't honor what you said. You went for something else. So you can go to that person. You can say, look, I'm committed to this relationship and I'm committed to being an honorable person in this relationship. What does that mean? It means honoring who I said I would be. That's what you've got to hold yourself to. The only thing that you can hope for is one, that they'll give you that opportunity. And two, they'll give you the space to prove yourself to yourself. Not prove yourself to them. Prove yourself to yourself. 
that in this situation, you can be an honorable man, right? No, but this isn't be a man of honor, like some kind of morality, like that makes you a good person or something. No, it just means there's power with what you say. Like when you say something, you will fucking manage yourself to ensure that you live what you said. You don't just fucking say it and then have yourself a couple of drinks and screw it. Or, well, you know, my partner's been a bit of an asshole recently, so fuck them and I'll do whatever I want. It's not how that works. This is something that's kind of a thing of mine, if you like. If you want to get out of a relationship, get out and then go fuck around. Okay? Like, at least have the fucking courage to do that. Don't, like, fuck around, concoct your story, get indulged in that, and then blame the other person for what you did. Right? Just have the courage to say, this isn't working for me. I'm getting that. And if you want to go be in a relationship, go do that. Don't create your, your own little personal shitstorm so that you can get out under the fucking cover of darkness. Do it in daylight. Straighten your back. Own yourself. And if you want to get it, handle the impact. But uh, there's no getting that person back. There's only you asking that person to give you the space to prove yourself. And then give that person the space to choose whether they want to be part of that or not. That's going to be up to them. This isn't manipulation. And then the last little word of warning I'll give you about this. Do not turn yourself inside out to appease the other person. That's a bad recipe. It won't work. All right, Stephen, what else have we got from the nation? So, Gary, I know you love the meat on the bones, so let me give you a bit of a backstory here. Good. So, Gary, over the last two years, I feel like I've had to really dig deeper to understand myself. First, to take care of myself mentally from a toxic work environment I left, and then to understand who I truly am. I feel like I've got so much work done. I understand how I work and who I am, but how do I prove or justify to others that my time spent working on myself was not only needed, but worth it? To others, it may look like I've been unemployed for two years, not knowing what to do with life or being lazy. I know that within me this time isn't wasted. How do I show that or prove that to others as well? Yeah, there's two parts here going on, right? I think somewhere in there with you, if you got really down to it, I think you do feel as if there's some element of you being lazy in the last couple of years. Why do I think that? Because if it wasn't, whatever concerns other people have would seem weird to you. Like it wouldn't ring your bell. That they've got concerns that you've just been fucking around or being lazy has rung your bell because somewhere over there with you, you think that too. That's okay too. Like if I, if I want to be lazy, I'll just put my hand up and say, right, everybody just fucking leave me alone. I'm just going to be lazy. You know, I'm no problem doing that. You're concerned a lot for being judged. And you're kind of getting hooked on this little thing. Look, if somebody thinks I'm lazy, that's up to them. I got to live my life the way that I think I need to live it. If you say you've spent two years of your life working shit out for yourself, that's okay. By the way, I would add, there's nothing to say while you're working your stuff out, you can't be still engaged with life, right? You've kind of explained the last two years, like, oh, I was in a toxic work environment. Well, here's my answer. So fucking what? So is half the fucking population. Half the population is an environment that doesn't work for them. You're kind of painting this picture of you're like a victim to something. And I don't know whether that's what you're intending to give me, but that's what's falling out of your mouth. And that's what you need to start getting responsible for 
what you're leaving people with. But even after all of that, right, even after all of what I've just said to you and this little bit of smack in the mouth, tough love, get your shit together. Get on with life. You say you've done this work, you understand yourself, and now you're more empowered than you were then, then get on with life. People will change their tune. But again, I suspect what's really going on in here is you're feeling a little bit guilty because you did fuck around in the last couple of years for a bit here, there, or there, or there. Then the one way to handle that is tell the fucking truth to say to people, you know what? Yeah, I was kind of being lazy. Yeah, I was kind of fucking around. And I did sort some of my shit out too. So I'm going to empower myself and I'm going to recontextualize that for myself. And I'm saying all of that worked for me. Ultimately, it comes down to the same thing. Get yourself on the hook for the future. Stop bumping your gums about the past and get yourself on the hook for the future. That's simple. All right, I think that tied that question up pretty well. Stephen, what's our big question for the week here? What's the one you've got for us this week? So Gary, I'm actually really stoked about this. We get to bring in our first voicemail question this week. And this voicemail question comes from Sarah. Hi, Gary. My name is Sarah Finney. I uh, have been struggling with alcoholism and had at one point in the 2000s had a few years of sobriety. I was in AA. Um, I'm still in AA now, but I relapsed and I'm going through this shame cycle. So then I feel bad when I relapse. I have to raise my hand as a newcomer and I can't seem to pop myself out of what I feel is a shame cycle. And so I guess my question is, is AA the right way to go? Or, you know, how do I be a member of AA, which I believe is really helpful without feeling like uh, I've done something wrong by relapsing. People blow me away. And I'm not only moved by your courage, but that you would step up to the plate like this and be so bold about giving your question to the nation. Because there's a lot of people who might not be dealing with alcoholism, but they get your world, they get the world you're in. So then I'll kind of start off with a couple of things. All right. So the first thing is you do whatever works for you. If AA works for you, you should do that. Okay. I'm not an expert in alcoholism, right? As far as I understand, there's a lot of experts out there and there's a lot of them are really fucking good at what they do. My father was an alcoholic, so I guess I have a, an experience of that. I would never call myself an expert, although why? Because I only really knew one, right? And it was my dad. There was a certain kind of role that that played in my life growing up. But I do want to get to like the kind of seesaw effect that you're having, right? First of all, you call it your struggle, okay? So if you call it a struggle, that's what it is. And really, like people think this is semantics. It's not. Even when you use the word struggle, it puts you in a world. You're in the emotional world of something called struggle, whatever it is uniquely for you. But it's not a particularly empowering experience. So the word that I always like to use with whatever people are dealing with in life is to start to rephrase it as their challenge. This is my challenge. And so, you know, you're way up and way more up for a challenge than you are up for a struggle. Like a challenge suggests there's something on the other side of it. A struggle just sounds like you're in the fucking water gasping for air. Stop using the word struggle. Start using the word challenge. You got to be very intentional about the language you're using to describe your situation. That's the same for everyone. Now, you're somebody who's had an issue with alcoholism. Again, I'm, I'm not a label guy because I'm not an expert in some of these fields, so I'm always hesitant to use labels. But 
if I was to look at it behaviorally, right? So then it would be that there are occasions in your life where you drink to the degree that it has a negative impact on your life. I think you'll find that's pretty accurate. And there's a lot of room there for you to kind of see yourself in it. But it definitely has a negative impact in your life. How do I know that? Well, that's when you started to do something about it. But you're already setting yourself up for failure here, okay? And I'll tell you why. In your mind, you think you shouldn't be doing this. In your mind, you think there shouldn't be some kind of roller coaster. In your mind, you think you should have this thing at least under some kind of, I don't want to call it control, but you're able to shape it better, right? I hate using the word control, actually, because that's all force. But in your mind, whether you realize or not, you think this should be turning out differently. How do I know that? Because every time you go into the meeting and you've had what you've called a relapse, you experience shame. Well, given your challenge, number one, there exists the possibility of relapse. It's a potential. Could happen, right? You just got to settle yourself the fuck down. With whatever challenge you're in in life, and obviously we're dealing with Sarah's thing here, but if you're listening to this and you're dealing with a big challenge right now, it lives on a spectrum of potentiality. Like it could go this way, this way, this way, this way. And there's lots of different outcomes. And whatever I'm doing here, I'm exposed to all of these outcomes. So believe it or not, relapse is part of your challenge. It would be part of the deal. The shame is the shame of being seen by others to fail. Because again, somewhere in your mind, you think you shouldn't fail. You shouldn't be like this now, right? And I'm saying, it's not like you should, but it's kind of predictable that you would. Whenever you go into this space of, again, I'm going to use your terminology, relapse. If you go back to earlier in the show, it's your opportunity to get complete, to set your foot forward from today. Now, look, I understand there's a lot of people who say, well, you can't just fucking keep doing that. No, but you do that as many times as you need to until the number of times that you're doing it is getting less and less and less and less and less. That doesn't give you permission to go ahead and start, well, fuck it, I'll just take a little relapse myself. No, because every time you experience yourself as wanting to go in that direction that you said you wouldn't, that's actually a big opportunity to practice doing what you said you would do. And I know you're up against a lot. You're up against this kind of big magnetic fucking draw to go down that pathway. And this is for anybody who's challenged by some item like this in your life. You have to organize your life for you to win. You can't keep putting yourself in positions where there's a greater opportunity for the loss for you. And if that means you need to move house, change your friends, change your career, you need to get to work on that. You need to set yourself up for the win. And you need to keep setting yourself up for the win. And you need to keep taking care of your circumstances to set yourself up for the win. That's critical. Don't test your fucking willpower or some bullshit like that. There's no point to that. In other words, make it easier for yourself. Set yourself up for the win. The shame, like I said, it's just an emotional reaction. You're indulging it too much. Shame's just a natural part of being a human being. It doesn't mean anything about you. At one time or another, everybody will experience a little bit of shame or a big bit of shame. Everybody experiences that. It's part of being in a tribe. You can't be in a tribe and not experience shame at some point. Because part of being in a tribe is people are watching and I got to behave in a certain way. 
So when you walk back into your meeting, and I don't have any experience in these meetings, so I'm kind of going by what other people have told me about them, but you have to go in there and declare, yeah, this is day one for me. But the other thing, I think if you want to take the burden away, it's not day one again. It's only day one. It's not day one again, because that just puts you in that cycle of, oh, and then the last time I had a day one. And I said, no, because whatever day one you had on the 17th of June, that was the 17th of June, day one. It's not the 14th of October, day one. I want to say it's a Zen proverb or something, but you can never step in the same river twice. Seems like it's the same river, but it's not the same water. Everything's moved. The rocks, the grass is longer around the banks. The sun's in a different spot. The trees have all grown a little. These are different fish than the fish that were here yesterday. You can never step in the same river twice. So it's day one. And there's nothing wrong with day one. You should take a lot of pride in day one. When I first started coaching people, and I watched other people coach people, and I'd be like, oh my God, that person's fucking great as shit, and I'm terrible. And I noticed that I would try to go in these situations to mimic that person that I was aspiring to be. And the reality was that coach was a 10 out of 10 coach. And I was a 1 out of 10. And the person who was developing me said, what's your problem? And I said, I just look at the way they're coaching. I want to do that. And they said, yeah, but you're a one out of 10. Your job is to be the best fucking one out of 10 that there's ever been. And that's your job in day one, Sarah. You have a fucking awesome day one and a fucking awesome day two and a fucking awesome day three. Victories are always in the present moment. You only have to be sober right now. It's not accumulation. And I know it seems like that, like, oh, I'm 42 days sober. No, you're sober right now, and right now, and right now, and right now. And you're always sober right now until you're not. And it's the same with those of you that want to lose weight. You're only ever on a diet right now. People say, I've been on a diet for six weeks. I know, but it was an accumulation of nows. This is why it gets hard because people are like, oh, I've got another three weeks to go or I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. No, you fucking don't. You only have to do it right now. And by the way, you're not even challenged all the time. You're just challenged in moments of now. And that's when it's your opportunity to practice who you said you would be. And that's when you take actions that are consistent with someone who's sober. That's all you're doing. It's like, I feel this way. Like my body wants to go a certain way. Like I'm fucking tingling. I want to reach over there and do whatever that is, drugs or alcohol, whatever it is. But I'm going to do this. I want to take this action over here. Why? Because that's more consistent with who I'm establishing myself as. Now, in this very moment of time, I'm taking a sober action. I'm doing a sober thing. Don't sit and do nothing. Get up on your fucking feet and take an action that's consistent with somebody who's committed to being sober. That's all I'm asking you to do. When am I asking you to do it? When you're most challenged. And you'll have moments and days that are better than others. But put yourself in the kind of environments, set your life up that supports what you're up to. Don't put yourself in environments and don't have your situation be such that it threatens what you're up to. You don't have a muscle for that yet. So it's almost like you're kind of cocooning yourself until that muscle's good. But I acknowledge you for all that you're doing. I think it's fucking brilliant what you're doing. Hey, I'm just going to tell you. I think it's fucking brilliant what you're doing and your courage is just screaming at me. And so I'm, I'm fucking proud of you and I'm proud of everybody out there 
who's taken themselves on in this way, who's unwilling to accept what you've ended up with. As I say to people, I'm not expecting you to be perfect, but I am expecting you to be fucking relentless. All right, you guys, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Unfuck Nation. Again, if you want to participate on the show, connect at Gary John Bishop. You can email me. You can also call us at 646-450-3203, 646-450-3203. And also, don't forget to write and review the podcast. Whatever you get the podcast, please write it, review it, and subscribe so that you can get it dropped right into your app or right into your email inbox when a new episode comes out, right? It's really important to us here that we connect with everybody who's listening to the podcast. Feel free to share. Feel free to tell people what you got about this and what you understand. Thank you for being a member of the nation. Catch up with me at garyjohnbishop.com. And if you haven't read all my books yet, you better get your shit together because a new one coming out October 13th called Wise as Fuck, Simple Truths to Guide You Through the Shit Storms of Life. <laughs> so until next time, have a great one and I'll see you on the flip side. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.